ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with kitab at-tawhid of al-Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullahu ta'ala we were discussing the chapter regarding fearing shirk bab al-khawf min al-shirk having the fear of shirk and we mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran inna Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bih وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that you commit shirk, but He forgives all other sins besides that, lesser than that. So this indicates that the one sin that cannot be forgiven if a person dies upon it without repentance is the sin of shirk. And so that therefore places fear into a person knowing that this is the one sin that cannot be forgiven if they die upon it without repentance. That a person who dies upon that sin without the repentance, then he will be in the hellfire forever. Similarly then, we had the ayah, وَجْنُبْنِي وَبَنِيَّهُ أَنْ that protect me and my progeny, my descendants from worshipping the idols. This was Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam, the second best messenger from all of the prophets and messengers. Khalilullah, the most beloved of Allah. He is making this dua to Allah, protect me and my offspring from worshipping the idols. For indeed, as he mentioned, as the ayah of the Qur'an states, رَبِّ إِنَّهُنَّ أَضُلَّلْنَ كَثِيرًا مِّنَ النَّاسِ That my Lord, indeed, they have misguided many of the people. These idols and this shirk, it has misguided many of the people. What is the difference though, between major shirk and minor shirk? What is the difference between major shirk and minor shirk? Major shirk, a shirk al-akbar, if a person, he commits that, a shirk al-akbar, it exits you from Islam. It takes a person out of the fold of Islam, a shirk al-akbar, takes a person out of the fold of Islam, As for minor shirk, minor shirk, a shirk al-asghar, does not take a person out of the fold of Islam. Minor shirk does not take a person out of the fold of Islam. Whereas major shirk, it takes a person out of the fold of Islam. Similarly, major shirk, if a person was to die upon it without repentance, then they will be in the hellfire forever. If a person was to die upon major shirk, then they would be in the hellfire forever. 
Whereas if a person dies upon minor shirk, then it does not necessitate that a person will remain in the fire forever. It does not necessitate that. In fact, a person who dies upon minor shirk will not stay in the hellfire forever. A person who dies upon minor shirk will not stay in the hellfire forever. Whereas the major shirk, if a person dies upon that without repentance, then he is in the hellfire forever. So these are some of the differences between major shirk and minor shirk. Minor shirk though, you could still say that it is greater than any of the major sins. All of the major sins that there are, it is possible, some of the scholars have highlighted, that the minor shirk, it is the greatest of the major sins. It is the most highest of all of the major sins, the minor shirk. Then, on top of that, of course, the greatest sin of all is the major shirk. The greatest sin of all is the major shirk. Then the minor shirk is the greatest of all of the other major sins. After that then we started this hadith, the hadith which the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned within it, أَخْوَفُ مَا أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ أَشْشِرْكَ الْأَصْغَرِ فَسُئِلَ عَنْهُ فَقَالَ الْرِيَاهِ Where the Prophet ﷺ said that the most thing which I fear for you, the most thing which I am afraid for you, is a shirkul asghar, the minor shirk. So when the Prophet ﷺ was asked about that, what is this minor shirk? Then the Prophet ﷺ said to them, showing off, arriya, showing off. Here, the Prophet ﷺ was talking to the senior companions. At this time, he was addressing the senior companions. The likes of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu and Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu and from the senior companions of the Muhajireen and the Ansar and he was saying to them that I fear upon you this minor shirk and that is the showing off. When the companions asked the Prophet ﷺ, what is this minor shirk that you fear? This indicates their zeal, their enthusiasm, their keen desire to have this knowledge and to understand, and the importance that they gave to this religion. Because when the Prophet ﷺ told them that I fear upon you this minor shirk, then they wanted to know what is that, from their importance that they gave to the religion, so that they could avoid that minor shirk. And this is the way of the companions. It's mentioned that Umar ibn al-Khattab, he said to Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, that did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mention me in the names of the munafiqeen? The Prophet sallallahu had told Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman some of the names of the munafiqeen. So Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu said to him, did the Prophet ﷺ mention me as one of them? This is Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu. This is how they were in their absolute sincerity. In their absolute sincerity in this way that he went and asked, could it have been me? Was I one of them named as well? But then he was told that it was not. 
so this showing off then, what is this showing off? The Prophet ﷺ warned us against it. Showing off is when a person, he performs a certain type of action, some worship, and he's doing it in a particular way to show the other people, so that those other people will then praise him, and they will speak good about him. It is to show other people your activities, so that these other people will speak good of you, and they will praise you, and they will elevate your rank and your status. So a person, he performs these actions to show others. He performs these actions so that others can see him doing it, and they will praise him, and they will say good things about him. And there is another type of showing off, which is when a person may do something privately, they may worship privately, nobody can see them, but they can still show off about it by talking about that worship afterwards. So maybe a person, he prays the night prayer. He prays at night. He wakes up and he prays at night in his home and nobody sees him. But later the next day he goes and he tells everybody that he was praying at night. He tells everybody he was praying at night. And that he woke up and for two hours or three hours he was praying. He tells everybody on purpose because he wants to show off. So that can also be showing off even though you didn't do your initial worship in front of anybody. Nobody could see you. It was in private. At night you get up and you pray at home for example. But then next day when you go and start telling everybody about it. I was doing this worship and that worship and I read this much Quran and I prayed this much prayer. You're telling everybody on purpose. Because you want to elevate your own status, you want the people to praise you and say good things about you, then that is also a type of showing off. And this showing off is known as a type of shirk, minor shirk. And in fact, shirk can be categorized in other ways as well. One of the other ways to categorize shirk is that shirk can be apparent or hidden. The shirk, it could be apparent, open and visible to everyone, or it could be hidden shirk. The apparent shirk which is open is shirk that a person commits with his statements, certain things that he says, shirk that a person commits with his actions, certain things that he does, so that would be considered as open shirk. الشرك الظاهر الذي يتمثل في الأعمال والأقوال بأن يدعو غير الله أو يذبح لغير الله أو يستغيث بغير الله هذا ظاهر يراه الناس ويسمعونه. So when a person, for example, calls upon others besides Allah or slaughters for other than Allah or seeks aid and assistance in other than Allah, then all of these types of actions and statements are open, they can be seen, they're visible, that is open and apparent shirk. But then there is another type of shirk which is hidden, and that is the shirk which occurs from the heart of a person, which cannot be seen and viewed by other people. Nobody knows about this except Allah. If a person is committing that other type of shirk which is hidden in of himself, in his heart. لَكِنْ هُنَاكَ شِرْكٌ خَفِيٌّ لَا يَدْرِ عَنْهُ النَّاسِ لِأَنَّهُ فِي الْقَلْبِ So the hidden type of shirk, the people don't know about it because it's hidden in your heart. 
لا يعلمه إلا الله Nobody knows about that except Allah. وَهُوَ الشِّرْكُ فِي النِّيَّةِ وَالْإِرَادَةِ And that is the shirk which occurs in the intentions and in your objectives, in your intentions. The shirk that a person commits in his intentions. فَالْإِنسَانُ إِذَا سَلِمَ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ الْأَكْبَرِ فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ لَا يَسْلَمْ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ الْأَصْغَرِ الَّذِي يَكُونُ فِي الْقُلُوبِ وَهَذَا مِمَّا يُعْطِي الْمُؤْمِنَ الْحَضَرَ الشَّدِيدَ So even if a person, he was, even if a person, he was safe from the major type of shirk, he may not be safe from the minor type of shirk. He may not be safe from the hidden type of shirk, the concealed type of shirk. So a person must be always on guard and be cautious regarding these affairs. وَالْرِيَاءَ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ And in fact, showing off is from the characteristics of the hypocrites. Showing off is from the characteristics of the hypocrites. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about the hypocrites, Allah said about the hypocrites, إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَهُوَ خَادِعُهُمْ وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا يُرَاؤُونَ النَّاسَ وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Allah said about the munafiqeen that indeed the munafiqeen they attempt to deceive Allah but indeed it is that Allah who is Deceiving them. This is one of those types of incidents where an equality is mentioned. Something which is done in response to something else. So when these munafiqeen try to trick or deceive or try to conceal their actions from Allah, then the reality is they have not concealed or deceived Allah whatsoever. They are the ones themselves who are being deceived. The munafiqeen. Because they are the ones in the end who will be in the lowest pits of the hellfire. So they have not deceived anyone other than themselves. Then Allah says about them, When they stand for the prayer, they stand lazy. They stand up and they are very lazy. إِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا They stand up and they are very lazy. يُرَاؤُونَ النَّاسَ وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا they show off to the people. That's all they are doing. They are standing in the prayer just to show everybody else because they're pretending to be Muslims. The munafiqun, the hypocrites, they used to pretend to be Muslims. So they were only standing in the prayer out of laziness. They were just about doing it just to show the Muslims that we are Muslims, pretending to be Muslims. So they were just showing off. They were just there so that the Muslims would see them praying. So that the Muslims would be convinced and believe them that they are Muslims as well. So they were only doing it to show the people. وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And they do not actually remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except a little. They do not really supplicate to Allah. They do not really remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى تَوَعَّدَ الْمُرَائِينَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has warned the people who show off. Allah has warned the people who show off. 
Allah mentioned فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُسَلِّينَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ Woe be to the ones who pray when they are lazy in their prayers. I.e. these munafiqeen who are lazy and they're only doing it to show off. الَّذِينَ هُمْ يُرَاؤُونَ The ones who are showing the people only. They are praying just to show the people that they are praying. فَوَعَدَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِالْوَيْلِ وَجَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَقُولُ لِلْمُرَائِينَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ And it is mentioned in a hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to the people who show off, اِذْهَبُوا إِلَى الَّذِينَ كُنْتُمْ تُرَاؤُونَ فِي الدُّنْيَا هَلْ تَجِدُونَ عِنْدَهُمْ جَزَاءً Go to the people you used to show off in front of in the world. See if you can find any reward from them. Allah will say to the people who used to show off, Go now on the day of judgment. Go now to the people you used to show off in front of. You used to do your obedience and worship just to show off in front of them. Go to them now and see if they'll give you reward. Go to them now and see if they will give you any reward. And of course they will have nothing. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِيهِ الْخَوْفُ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ خَافَهُ عَلَى سَادَاتِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَعَلَى أَفْضَلِ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ فَكَيْفَ بِمَنْ دُونَهُمْ So fearing the minor shirk, fearing this type of showing off, and these types of affairs that enter into the hidden shirk and the minor shirk, then a person needs to have fear of that. Has to have fear of these types of activities and to be cautioned against them and to be on alert regarding them. Because the Prophet ﷺ feared these affairs upon the senior companions. So what therefore of the rest of us? The Prophet ﷺ was fearing these affairs on the senior companions. So what therefore of the rest of us? وَإِذَا كَانَ هَذَا فِي الشِّرْكِ الْأَصْرِ الَّذِي لَا يُخْرِجُ مِنَ الْمِلَّةِ فَكَيْفَ بِشِرْكِ الْأَكْبَرِ and if this is the fear that the Prophet ﷺ had for his ummah, and this is only a type of minor shirk, then what therefore of the major shirk? Then a person needs to have the fear of falling into that, and needs to make dua to Allah to keep him established and firm away from that at all times. وَفِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى وُجُوبِ إِخْلَاصِ النِّيَّةِ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلٌ There is also an evidence here therefore, that a person is obliged obligatory to have the sincere intention to Allah always. وَأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَا يَقْصُدُ مَدْحَ النَّاسِ أَوْ ثَنَاءَ النَّاسِ أَوْ مَطَامِعَ الدُّنْيَا بِأَعْمَالِهِ صَالِحَةِ And that a person should not be hoping for the praise of the people or for worldly gains. Should not be hoping that he'll get some position or he'll get some other worldly benefit from his righteous actions. وَإِنَّمَا يُخْلِصُ نِيَّةَ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ Rather, he makes his intention sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يُرِيدُ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ He desires the face of Allah. فَإِنْ عَمِلَ مِنْ أَجْلِ الرِّيَاءِ فَعَمَلُهُ بَعْضٍ If he does his action just for the sake of showing off, then his actions will be false. They'll be nullified, they will not be accepted. So this hadith indicates that showing off is actually a type of shirk. Showing off is a type of shirk. When a person shows off with his actions, 
a person shows off with his obedience, then that is actually considered a type of shirk. Then after that, we have another hadith. وعن ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من مات وهو يدعو من دون الله ندا دخل النار رواه البخاري In this hadith which is in Sahih al-Bukhari Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه narrates that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said من مات وهو يدعو من دون الله ندا Whoever dies and he is calling upon a partner alongside Allah. He is calling upon making dua to someone else besides Allah. Then that person will enter the hellfire. The one who dies calling upon others besides Allah, i.e. committing shirk, he dies upon that, no repentance from that, then that person will be in the hellfire. Forever. Wali Muslimin. Naam. So in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, هَذَا خَبَرٌ مِنَ الرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّ مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَى شِرْكَ فَهُوَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ The Prophet ﷺ is telling us in this hadith, that whoever dies upon shirk will be in the hellfire. لَا يُغْفَرُ And he will not be forgiven. That person will not be forgiven, he will be in the hellfire forever. The one who dies upon the major shirk. وَلَاحِظُوا كَلِمَةْ شَيْئًا تَعُمُّ الشِّرْكَ كُلَّهِ Notice in the hadith, it says, مَنْ مَاتَ وَهُوَ يَدْعُو مِنَ يَدْعُو مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ نِدًّا أَوْ يَدْعُو مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ شَيْئًا That whomsoever is calling upon anything else besides Allah. Shay'an is nakira. And nakira to fisiyaq in nafi ta'um. That when you have an indefinite word in this type of context of negation, it indicates generality. So whomsoever is calling upon anything besides Allah, doesn't have to be a statue, doesn't have to be an idol, anything. It could be calling upon somebody in the grave making dua, help me, help me. It could be some other people who they say are awliya of Allah, go to them, make dua to them, they'll wipe over you, give you what you want. The one who is calling upon others besides Allah, dies upon major shirk, then that individual will be in the hellfire. And that's why, None of the prophets and the messengers or the angels or any of them ever committed any shirk. تَعُمُّ الشِّرْكَ كُلَّهِ مَا أَشْرَكَ مَعَ اللَّهِ مِن نَبِيٍّ أَوْ وَلِيٍّ أَوْ مَلَكٍ Whether you make your shirk with a prophet. Maybe you call upon a prophet. Maybe you are calling upon a prophet. Maybe you are calling upon a wali from the awliya of Allah. Maybe you are calling upon an angel. Whatever you are calling upon besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will not accept that shirk from you and you will be punished for it. And Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ That Allah does not forgive that you commit shirk with Him.
Then the Shaykh says, the Shaykh Al-Fawzan, وَمَنْ يَدْرِي مَتَى Who knows when you will die? Who knows when a person will die? وَمَنْ يَدْرِي مَاذَا يَمُوتُ عَلَيْهِ And who knows what they will die upon? What will be your state when you die? فَالْإِنسَانِ يَخَافُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ مِنْ صُوءِ الْخَاتِمَةِ وَأَنْ يَمُوتَ وَهُوَ يُشْرِكُ بِاللَّهِ فَيَكُونُ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ so a person should fear for himself for having a bad end. Fear for himself because his ending when he dies, it might end up something bad. Just like in the hadith it says that a person, he does the actions of the people of paradise. يَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى مَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ إِلَّا ذِرَاعَ فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابِ فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فَيَدْخُلَهَا That maybe a person he does all types of good actions during his life until there is nothing left between him and paradise other than an arm span. He's practically there. But then the decree overcomes and he ends up doing some affair of shirk and he ends up in the hellfire. So a person he fears from ending up in a bad state at the end of his life. person should always fear that. That he may end up dying upon shirk and he may end up in the fire. فَالْإِنسَانُ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَحْضَرَ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ طُولَ حَيَاتِهِ لِأَنَّهُ لَا يَدْرِي فِي أَيِّ لَحْظَةٍ يَمُوتْ فَيَكُونَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ So it is upon a person to fear shirk throughout his life. Throughout, always be cautious about shirk. فَهَذَا فِيهِ الْخَوْفُ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ وَأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ قَدْ يُخْتَمُ لَهُ بِالشِّرْكِ فَيَكُونُ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ أَهْلِ التَّوْحِيدِ قَبْلَ ذَلِكَ وَعَارِفٌ بِهِ وَمُسْتَقِيمٌ لَكِنْ يَخَافُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ مِنْ أَنَّهُ يَنْتَكِسَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ وَيُشْرِكَ بِاللَّهِ وَيَمُوتَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ فَيَكُونَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فَنَسْأَلُ اللَّهِ الثَّبَاتِ فَيَكُونُ عِنْدَهُ حَذَرْ دَائِمًا وَأَبَدًا مِنَ الشِّرْكِ This therefore indicates the Shaykh says that we need to have a fear from shirk because a person he could end up dying in the last moment upon some type of shirk. Even if before that, he was a person of tawheed. He was somebody who was upright and he was practicing and he was doing everything properly in tawheed. He doesn't know, that person doesn't know that he may end up in the last moments of his life. Something may occur, he may commit some shirk and die upon that. So a person doesn't know the future. He needs to always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... To keep him firm on Tawheed. And this shows to you that the Ikhwan al-Muslimin, al-Ikhwan al-Muslimin and their types of people, they are wrong in what they say. The takfiris and their type of people are wrong in what they say. They say Tawheed, it's so easy, why do you spend so much time learning it? They say Tawheed is easy, quickly just learn it in one lesson and finish it. Then we can talk about Palestine and we can talk about Syria, we can talk about these things all the time. Tawheed, finish it quickly, one lesson, do it, 10 minutes. That's what they say to you. But the reality is they don't realize, even when it comes to Palestine, it comes to all these other areas of the Muslims, the core of all of that is this Tawheed. To cure the problems of the Muslims isn't going to be boycotting this place or that, it's going to be returning back to Tawheed, returning back to Aqeedah, spreading that amongst the Muslims, teaching them the correct way, stopping them from committing shirk. When they stop committing shirk and they stop going around the graves and they are up on tawheed, that's when the honor and the power will come back. So this is of importance to learn.
The Prophet ﷺ, he spent all his lifetime from when he became a prophet teaching Tawheed. 13 years in Mecca, it was all about Tawheed. There wasn't even Hajj, there wasn't even Zakat, there wasn't even fasting. All of these things came later. 13 years in Mecca, it was all about Tawheed. Teaching them Tawheed, the rulings of the fasting and the Zakat and the Hajj etc. They came later, years later. Even the prayer, years later, 10 years or something later. Approximately 10 years later after the prophethood. So in those early 10 years, it was all about Tawheed alone. Teaching and preaching to the people the Tawheed. Then, we have another hadith in Sahih Muslim. وَلِمُسْلِمْ عَنْ جَابِرْ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ Muslim, Sahih Muslim, uh, Imam Muslim, he mentions that Jabir mentioned that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ لَقِيَ اللَّهَ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ وَمَنْ لَقِيَهُ يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا دَخَلَ النَّارِ that whomsoever, whomsoever meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala committing no shirk, then he will enter paradise. And whoever meets Allah committing shirk, then he will end up in the hellfire. هذا فيه فضل التوحيد. This indicates to you the great virtue of tawheed. In this narration we see the great virtue of Tawheed. وَأَنَّ مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَيْهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ And whoever dies upon Tawheed, we see in this hadith that the person will enter paradise. Tawheed is the key. A person who dies upon Tawheed enters paradise. وَأَنَّ مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَيْهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ وَهَذَا وَعْدٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَاللَّهُ لَا يُخْلِفُ وَعْدَهُ and this is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whoever dies on Tawheed, then that person will enter paradise and the promise of Allah does not fail. The promise of Allah is true and it is reality that the one who dies upon Tawheed will enter the paradise. حَتَّى وَلَوْ كَانَ عِنْدَهُ ذُنُوبُ وَمَعَاصِي دُونَ الشِّرْكِ even if that person had other sins, even if that person had other sins, as long as they were not at the level of shirk, then the person will definitely still enter into paradise. فَقَدْ يَغْفِرُهَا اللَّهُ لَهُ وَيُدْخِلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ مِنْ غَيْرِ عَذَابِ Maybe Allah will forgive that person for these other sins, just forgive him and let him go to paradise straight away. وَرُبَّمَا قَدْ وَقَدْ يُعَذِّبُهُ اللَّهُ بِهَا ثُمَّ يُدْخِلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ Maybe Allah will punish that person first for those other sins, but then in the end, he will go to paradise as well still, because he was a person of Tawheed. So the Tawheed guarantees the person the paradise. Even if he gets punished at first for the sins, he may get punished for those, but then he will go to paradise because he was a person of Tawheed. As for a person of shirk, one who dies upon shirk, then he will remain in the hellfire. فَقَوْلُهُ مَنْ لَقِيَ اللَّهِ So when the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever meets Allah, i.e. whoever dies, whoever dies committing shirk, or whoever dies not committing shirk, 
هذا مثل حديث ابن مسعود من مات على شرك فإنه من أهل النار نسأل الله العافية سديستو حديث very similar the first hadith of ابن مسعود said whoever dies committing shirk then he will enter into the hellfire whoever dies calling upon others besides Allah will enter hellfire the hadith of Jabir is almost the same whoever dies committing shirk will enter the fire and whoever dies not committing shirk will enter paradise وَفِيهِ كَمَا ذَكَرَ الشَّيْخُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ قُرْبَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ مِنَ الْإِنسَانِ This also indicates to us that the hellfire and paradise are very close. فَمَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ إِلَّا أَنْ يَمُوتِ There is nothing separating you from paradise or hell except death. There is nothing separating you from paradise or hell except death. When death comes, the afterlife begins, paradise or hell comes. So there is nothing separating a person from paradise or hell except the death. وَلَا يَدْرِي رُبَّمَا يَمُوتُ فِي الْحَالِ And the person doesn't know, maybe he will die there and then. رُبَّمَا يَمُوتُ بَعْدَ دَقَائِقِ He might die after a few minutes, or بَعْدَ شَهَرِ or بَعْدَ سَنَةِ or after a few months, or after a few years, or a year. وَمَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ النَّارِ وَالْجَنَّةِ إِلَّا الْمَوْتِ And there is nothing between him and paradise and hell except this death. فَإِذَا مَاتَ دَخَلَ النَّارَ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ So if he dies, he will then enter paradise or hell. So this indicates that paradise and hell are very close to you. And there's a hadith, in fact, the Prophet ﷺ said, الْجَنَّةُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَىٰ أَحَدِكُمْ مِنْ شِرَاكِ نَعْلِهِ وَالنَّارُ مِثْلَ ذَلِكِ That the paradise is closer to you than your own shoelace. Your shoelace, right there. The paradise is closer to you than your own shoelace and the hellfire is closer to you than your own shoelace. This indicates that paradise and hell are very close. Death is the only thing that separates a person from that afterlife. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِيهِ الْخَوْفُ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ وَأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَخْشَى أَنْ يَلْقَ اللَّهَ وَهُوَ عَلَى شِرْكِ فَيَكُونُ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ so this hadith tells us about the fear of shirk and that a person should fear that he might die upon a state of shirk and then end up uh, meeting Allah upon that state. وَفِي نُسُوسِ الْبَابِ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَا يَغْتَرْ بِنَفْسِهِ مَهْمَا بَلَغَ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ وَالْإِيمَانِ وَالْمَعْرِفَةِ A person should never be deceived by himself. A person should never be deceived by himself. Meaning, no matter how knowledgeable a person gets, no matter how many good actions you are doing, no matter how much worship you are doing, you should not become deceived by yourself, thinking you're safe now. A person should never become content with himself, should never become complacent, should never become deceived by himself, thinking I'm safe, I've done so many good things. You should never be like that. بَلْ بِعَجْزِهِ وَفَقْرِهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ Rather, you should always recognize your own weakness in front of Allah, your weakness in front of Allah, you should always know that. وَأَنَّهُ إِن لَمْ يَعْصِمُهُ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ عَلَى خَطَرٍ And that if Allah doesn't protect you, then you are upon danger. Anytime you could end up falling into shirk. So these are the narrations that tell us about how important it is to fear shirk. How important it is for us to know about the severity and the danger of shirk. After that then, which will begin in the next session, will be the new chapter which is regarding 
باب الدعاء الى شهاده ان لا اله الا الله calling to the testimony la ilaha illallah making da'wah calling the people to this tawhid the next chapter will now explain to us the importance of giving da'wah to tawhid calling the people inviting them to tawhid not wasting their time with demonstrations and other things but giving them da'wah to tawhid so next chapter we'll look at the ayat from the quran and the ahadith which tell us the importance of calling to tawhid so that's what we'll conclude upon today if there are any questions anybody has anything to say then we have some time you may put those forward Well, that's what we've mentioned from these evidences that a person who doesn't commit shirk, you commit no shirk in your lifetime. Maybe you commit other sins. Maybe you've committed some major sins, some minor sins. Allah said in the Quran, "Inna Allah la an Allah doesn't forgive that you commit shirk. Other sins, if you've committed other sins, as long as you haven't committed shirk, then in the end you will end up in paradise. But at first, it could be that you're still punished in the fire for those other sins that you've committed. But the issue that you must remember here is not to fall into the trap of the murji'ah. The murji'ah are those people who will say to you, look, these ahadith, these ayat are telling you as long as you don't commit shirk, you're safe. You're in, you're in paradise. Even if you don't bother praying, you don't bother doing any obedience, you don't bother doing any worship, as long as you don't commit shirk, the, ayat, the hadith says, as long as you don't commit shirk, you're in paradise. That isn't how to understand these evidences. These evidences don't mean then, don't bother doing anything, don't pray, don't do hajj, don't do fasting, don't do, don't do anything. Just as long as you don't commit shirk, you're safe. It doesn't mean that. Because these evidences, you put them together with the other evidences of the Qur'an and the sunnah, so it tells you what it means is, do not commit shirk, but perform tawheed. You have to perform tawheed. How do you perform tawheed? One of the ways is all of your obedience and your worship. They are part of your tawheed. Your worship and your obedience that you do, it perfects your tawheed. And we're going to come to those chapters too. Your worship and your obedience, it is part of your tawheed and it perfects your tawheed. So when we say, as long as you don't commit shirk, you will be in paradise, i.e. if you are a person of tawheed. You're a person of tawheed and you don't commit shirk. And that's what this hadith said, the hadith of Jabir. مَنْ لَقِيَ اللَّهَ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ وَمَنْ لَقِيَهُ يُشْرِكُ بِهِ دَخَلَ النَّارِ That whomsoever meets Allah not committing any shirk, i.e. therefore he is upon tawheed, and doing the righteousness and the worship of tawheed, then he will enter paradise. And the one who commits shirk, then he will enter the hellfire. So a person must be aware, because the murji'ah and those types of people will say to you, that even if you don't do any obedience, nothing, no worship, as long as you don't commit shirk, you're safe. You're in paradise. You're a believer. But that isn't the way to think about it. You need to do the worship. You need to do the obedience. And that is all a part of your tawheed. That is what perfects your tawheed. So that is what we'll mention again in the later chapters as well. But the point there is correct. That if a person, he dies not having committed any shirk. And he's a person of tawheed. He's been performing his tawheed. Then he will be in paradise. 
Even if he's committed other sins, he may get punished for those first. But because he didn't commit any shirk and he was a person of tawheed, then eventually he will enter paradise. But the problem is when some of the people use these types of narrations and make people slack. They make people slack with them. So people think, don't bother doing anything, what's the big deal? I'm not committing shirk, so I don't really have to bother with these other worships and these obediences as long as I'm not committing shirk, I'm safe. But that isn't the way to think about it. And in fact, there's a hadith of Mu'ad ibn Jabal uh, where Mu'ad ibn Jabal says to the Prophet shall I go and tell the people afala nas? shall I go and tell the people and give them glad tidings about this Tawheed and the one who dies upon Tawheed enters paradise in fact the Prophet said to Mu'ad ibn Jabal that time لا تبشرهم فيتكلوا do not go and give them the glad tidings don't go and tell them these things because then they'll just depend on that They'll become dependent. They'll say, okay, as long as I'm not committing shirk, I'm, I'm safe. And maybe they'll get lazy with their worship, they'll get lazy with their obedience. That isn't what you're supposed to do. Worship and obedience is part of your tawheed. Okay, I have a question. You know that someone commits shirk and they try to repent, they don't repent, they repent. But he said, Allah doesn't forgive who does shirk. No, Allah doesn't forgive who does shirk. The, hadith, the ayah, it means if you die. If you commit shirk, and you die, and you didn't make any repentance, then you won't be forgiven. But if you're still alive, you can repent. Because the time for repentance ends when you die. Or when the sun rises from the west. So before death, you can repent. Like a kafir now, for example, a Buddhist. If a Buddhist walked in now, he said he wants to take the shahada, can he take it or not? He can take the shahada. Repent from his shirk that he was doing and become Muslim. So when you're alive, you can repent. And Allah forgives. But it's when you die and you haven't made the repentance, that's when the forgiveness finishes. Um, what about the, the minor shirk? Like, say for example, the imam just like, beautifies his voice to like, show off. Minor shirk. If a person dies having committed minor shirk, then the scholars, they say, the ayah, Allah says he does not commit sh- uh, forgive shirk. So the scholars say, if you die committing minor shirk, you will definitely go to paradise, uh, to a hellfire. That you will definitely go to the hellfire. Some of the scholars have mentioned this, that if you die upon minor shirk, not having repented, then you will definitely go to hellfire. But you will not stay there forever, because minor shirk does not exit you from the fold of Islam. So that is the ruling on that too. Some of the scholars say you will definitely go to hellfire if you commit minor shirk and don't repent. But then afterwards you will be exited because minor shirk does not keep you in hellfire forever. But the uh, minor sins, uh, major sins, obviously you don't repent, but the minor sins, uh, if you don't repent and you die, you still enter hellfire. Still, major sins, minor sins, they all need to be repented from. But the minor sins, there are certain actions that if a person does them, they get wiped out anyway as well. For example, it says Jumu'ah to Jumu'ah, one Jumu'ah prayer to the next Jumu'ah prayer, it is an expiation of the minor sins. Making the wudu expiate some of the sins. When you go to Hajj, it expiates the sins. There are lots of actions a person can do that expiate, they wipe out minor sins. They wipe out minor sins. But still you need to repent as well. You should repent, not just rely upon these other actions to wipe out your sins. So repent from any sins that you commit and that is the safest way. Sometimes uh, you don't realize you don't recognize that you're committing whether it's minor or major shirk, especially minor shirk. Uh, what about uh, du'as, the general du'as, when you're making, uh, like, for instance, adhkar in mm. the morning, in the afternoon, mm. 
and you're mentioning that I repent from all the sins I've committed. Mm. Was that to be sufficient? Or? No, it's good. That's okay. Yeah, that uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he used to seek forgiveness from Allah seventy times a day, a hundred times a day, more than seventy times a day, more than a hundred times a day. So that's good to seek general forgiveness all the time as well. Seek that forgiveness. But if you remember a particular sin and you seek repentance for the particular sin, that's good. But generally as well, if you're asking Allah regularly to forgive you for your sins and to forgive you for your shortcomings, alhamdulillah, that's good as well. You should do that consistently. The Prophet ﷺ used to do it. Because some of the du'as you mentioned that I'm repenting from the sins which I've done unknowingly mm-hmm, and unknowingly. Mm-hmm. So, true. So that covers... It covers, that's it. But if you do a particular sin as well and you remember... Then repent as well from that particular sin too. Hmm. Just a quick one, sorry. Um, if you don't commit any shit, but there's like a pillar of iman missing, for example, like you don't believe in the prophets or messengers. Kafir. That person is a kafir. Anybody who doesn't believe in any of the pillars of iman is a kafir. So that's a prerequisite. That's a prerequisite. Pillars of iman. If somebody denies, rejects any of the pillars of iman, it's kufr. Hmm. Even if they don't do no shit. Irrelevant. If, even if they don't commit any shirk, if they deny, it's like a, now, for example, an atheist. An atheist, he just lives his life eating and drinking and working, he doesn't even care about religion, anything. No shirk uh, like that necessarily. Or maybe other types of people who may not commit any particular shirk. But they're not believing in the final message. The prerequisite to all of this is you must be upon Islam. You must be upon Islam first. If a person doesn't believe upon those uh, pillars of Iman, he's not a Muslim in the first place. If he doesn't believe in the pillars of Iman, he's not a Muslim in the first place. So he's, he's, he's ruling upon him is kufr in the first place. But some people really emphasize like, as long as they don't do no shirk, Allah will forgive everything, but they don't realize about no, no. the No, no. The prerequisite is obviously to be upon Islam, to be upon Tawheed. That's, that's mentioned here. You must be upon Tawheed. The pillars of Iman are a part of your Tawheed. A person who doesn't even believe in the pillars of Iman, then even if he doesn't commit shirk, he's a, he's a kafir in the first place. Hmm. Didn't know about what? What to believe and what to be upon. So a person didn't know, and when Islam comes to him, then he accepts. Before that, he's forgiven. Then he repents from whatever is before he enters Islam, and Islam wipes out the previous history. Hmm. So we'll leave it there. Inshallah, next week is off. And in two weeks, we're going to start again regular again. Uh, 23rd or 24th of August or something. Huh? 24th. 24th of August. Two weeks' time. Next Sunday is the conference in Birmingham. You've got the leaflets there on the chairs. And in two weeks' time, inshallah, we'll carry on. Then it'll be regular every week again, inshallah. Is this conference free or... Free, free. Free, alhamdulillah. All three days you can go for free, no problem.